This is another jam-packed episode of Be Right, where we're previewing the Valero Texas Open, and we got to chat with 2007 Masters champion, two-time major champ Zach Johnson, about the Masters next week and their new fantasy game. So make sure you stay tuned for that. First, our sponsor, William Hill, has their amazing limited-time offer set to end this week. It's good through Wednesday, March 31st, so you need to run and take advantage of it while it lasts. Again, in honor of William Hill being live in Tennessee as well as Virginia, William Hill is offering a risk-free bet of $2,021 for 2021. It's such a great offer. While it lasts, you, you got to take advantage of it. That's, that's just free money for your account. So if you know anyone in Tennessee or Virginia, make sure you tell them about this chance. They could start their sportsbook account with some serious cash. Use the promo code GOLFDIGESTRF, all one word, to make sure you get that first risk-free bet. And the special offer also available uh, to anyone in Michigan, Indiana, and Colorado, as well as Virginia and Tennessee. So make sure you get in the mix. And if you're in New Jersey, Iowa, or West Virginia, you can still take advantage of a risk-free bet of $500. And in Illinois, that's $300. Again, use the promo code GOLFDIGESTRF, good through Wednesday, March 31st. New users only, must be 21 or older, and physically present in one of those states to take advantage and the risk-free bet will be credited as a free bet within three business days. Terms and conditions apply. Like I said, this is the last week to take advantage of it. Make sure you go do it right now. So with that, let's get into this week's episode of Be Right. Welcome back to Be Right, presented by William Hill. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a great show today, uh, including our guest, 2007 Masters champion, Zach Johnson. He'll be joining us to discuss a new Masters fantasy game, of all things, uh, among other things. But, of course, there's plenty to talk about, uh, including Steve. Congrats. You now, uh, we know you're going to be having a girl joining the, the girl club like myself. You did a nice uh, gender reveal. Usually I'm not a big gender reveal guy, but you guys did it. it, it you know, it wasn't too crazy. No one got hurt. Uh, I, I, so I like that. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're the typical millennial couple, you know, getting all the attention, but we're, you know, we're the first <laughs> in our family uh, to, you know, have a baby, um, you know, both of our immediate families. So everyone was excited. And uh, yeah, we're, we're shooting for a women's golf scholarship, you know, whatever yeah. year she's going to be in college. Uh, so yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I wanted to mention, before we get into the golf, you also be happy to know, Steve, I... I went to the outlet stores this week for the first time in like two years in, in Monroe Woodbury. So more, I don't know if you go there, if you've gone yeah. to Jersey up above the Palisades Parkway. And there was this vest I was eyeing two years ago in the polo store and I didn't get it. And I've always thought about it. It was still there or some version that was similar to it is such a dope vest. I should have put it on actually to show you. It was now instead of 170 bucks, it was down to like 70 bucks. Wow. And I had gift cards. Boom. So <laughs> what a freaking steal, man. I mean, you, you're going to love this. But if we ever get back to the office and I right. don't wear sweat stuff all the time, you know, I'll, I'll rock the hell out of this. Vest. This is peak, peak vest season right now. Especially exactly. Like right now. Is, yeah. I wore a vest. To buy the vest. Yep. I was actually wearing a vest. So yeah, it is peak vest season right now. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that. Also wanted to give a shout out. You know, we, we our boy Shane Ryan was on last week. 
I don't know about you, Steve. I finally got five out of five questions right. Not last night, the night before mm. on what our 16th try or something. Those questions are so hard. I finally nailed the sports trivia. So I don't know how you're doing, but uh, my record stinks, but I, I, one yeah, good day. Too. I'm with you. That, that must've been an easy, uh, week. it was an easy one. I did decent no too. And I'm like one and four. Uh, in this- yeah. I'm like two yeah. and three or so. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it, it brutal. All right, Chris, we'll, we'll get you involved. I promise. <laughs> Chris is here too. Um, let's talk about the match play. Uh, guys, how, how did we shake out with our brackets, with everything else? Chris, you, you, you lead it off because uh, I've been ignoring you. Bracket-wise, I don't know. I, I never really even checked that. I had Myers, winning, so. Myers probably didn't look, but he finished first. Uh, oh! so shout out to Myers. There were only... Nice. I think 14 people in our group because we didn't really publicize it besides saying it here, but we have to also give a shout out to who Myers tied with and their username is I think diarrhea can't So (laughs) that's a phrase I never uh, thought I'd utter before. Um, So shout out to whomever diarrhea can't is. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Canley for missing a, five footer on Friday against Brian Harmon. That was like my big, uh, I bet Harmon to win. Yeah, we that were on group, Harman. So that was nice. Um, okay. had Harmon okay. to win the whole thing and made a nice little run. Um, yeah. got himself into Augusta, which was nice for the big game Hunter as we, uh, declared Ooh. him last week. G-H. And then, uh, Steve and I both had, uh, we talk about secret bets a lot. I always have a secret bet on somebody like Tony Finau at, uh, Riviera, the, the kind of bet you don't want to publicize. And uh, we both had Scheffler secretly uh, to win, had him to win his group, I think, and to win the whole thing. And uh, we smartly, um, I mean, Steve was always going to hedge, but I finally uh, gave in and hedged on Horschel, decent sum of money. And, uh, you know, Scheffler win would have been uh, significantly more, but we'll take the hedge on on Horschel and... uh, Turned out to be a semi-decent week, which um, was surprising given how hard that that event is to handicap. Yeah, if you make money in that event, you're doing a nice job. And of course, the bracket I win, there's no money involved. <laughs> why I didn't check it either. But I, I, I think with you, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised you guys weren't right with me. I'm glad, though, that we did a bracket as kind of experts and at least one of us won because... Um, you know, it's, it's such a crapshoot, like we said last week, but I, I think that just shows you, you got to pick some of those names, you know, the Kevin Nas to advance and, and, you know, Brian Harm. I mean, you can't just go with chalk in this event. I mean, we, we ended up getting four, the final four was all seeds of 30 or higher. I mean, that is wild. So, but it's not that wild. That's the thing. So <laughs> you just have to remember that next year when you're, when you're going through this bracket or when you're making, making picks um, and everything else. So, you know, it was a fun event. I think we could all agree that final match was a brutal. little tough, a little brutal. I mean, the guys had been playing a lot of golf, but they combined for two birdies. One of them was a chip-in. I mean, Billy Horschel right. won with – he made one birdie, and it was a chip-in. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's he, just crazy. He played like shit against uh, Victor Perez, too. Perez played awful, and that's kind of how he advanced. But yeah, uh, can't take anything away from no, no. Billy Ho. Good for him. No, exactly. But right to your point, I mean, Scheffler played – the best golf for the yes. entire week. He finally plays one bad round. It's it's in the finals, right. but the guy he's playing with isn't playing great either. So he still was right there, but it just shows you how your timing kind of helps. But yeah, no, kudos to, to Billy Ho. I mean, 
a second at the first world golf championship, a win now, uh, you know, and a match play win again, he's now the Kevin Kisner, like you got to put him on the Ryder cup team. We'll see if if Steve Stricker does that, or maybe he'll end up qualifying on his own. But uh, I just, I'm glad that it's in the U S if he does make it, because as we guys were pointing out, I mean, someone said, let's go Vols to him. And it, and he like freaked out. He went off the handle. I mean, imagine if he was in Europe and the fans started going at him about he the gets so triggered so easily. Triggered. Crazy. S- salty yeah. son of a I mean, son of yeah. a bit. bit much, dude. Like, calm down. Knowing I mean, that I mean, the, he was, was in it? our he was in our was it Bay Hill? for years. Yeah. Bay yeah, he Hill. was in our fantasy league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you knowing that we should have been talking smack to him you know, the entire time. Like, oh, terrible. He would have quit. Though. He would have quit the second we yeah, talked smack, quit. probably. That's the problem. Go, go yeah. Vols is like as innocent so as, it, yeah, it as it gets. Like, wasn't even like Gators suck. It was yeah. go Vols. And right. he's like, Gators really? suck would have been innocent too. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. Like, Give so, it a rest. Gotta watch out for him with those rowdy Ryder Cup crowds. But again, it would be a, it would be a crowd that's on his side in the U.S. So. Yes. Um, that would help. Um, we also had the, you know, Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, which is quite a name in itself, but uh, what a finish there. Joel Damon, very popular win. Uh, we love Joel Damon, the content he provides, the content his caddy, Gino Benali, uh, you know, provides. Even after they won, the guy's jumping off a cliff uh, to save his bucket hat. Just uh, amazing stuff. So good for them. I don't know if you guys had any bets on that tournament, but. Uh, like yeah, certainly, uh, I was on. I was on Charlie Hoffman, who was three back on in a Sunday, and then he just collapsed. Um, I don't know what happened there, and he's obviously going to get some talk this week because of his record here. He's on a you know a made cut streak of like twelve or thirteen in a row. But uh, no, great for Damon. You know, it sucks he's not in the in the Masters. You know, he he yeah. should definitely get that invite. Uh, he's in the field this week, so it'd be cool. Um, you know, if he goes back to back to get the invite. But uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to our our guys, the tour junkies, they actually went to the gates of Augusta national with a sign. Uh, Joel Damon deserves to be here like next week. Wow. So good. Cause they're Augusta guys. Um, gotcha. but yeah, I, I'd sign up for, for Joel winning this week to earn his way in for sure. Yeah. Well, again, we're going to, we're going to get into all that few guys trying to win this week to get in. You mentioned Charlie often Ricky Fowler, very mm. surprising that he's not in obviously that to most fans will We'll get into that in a second. Let's get to our interview with 2007 Masters champ, Zach Johnson. Have a listen. All right, Zach. Well, you know, when we have tour pros on, it's kind of a stretch when we ask them about fantasy or gambling. But in this case, you're actually here to talk a little fantasy. Tell us about uh, this Masters fantasy game. Yeah, no, um, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I think, you know, fantasy sports has obviously been around for a while. Fantasy golf's been around for a while, but, uh, you know, it, it seems to me like golf kind of really picks up some steam in the spring, in April, at a place called Augusta National. And uh, so when you can incorporate any sort of fantasy game in the Masters, I think it's pretty special. And this one's a little bit different. There is some criteria involved, but it's fun. And there's a lot of nuances involved, too, that you can see on the app or at Masters.com. But um, IBM Watson is powering it, and um, they can help you along with it, Q&A, and then obviously navigating – uh, the fantasy part, but um, it's cool. You, you pick a group, uh, four individuals, a former Masters champion, uh, <laughs> an, an American player, an international player, and then a first timer. So okay. you get your group of four, 
and again, like I said, there's, there's, there's nuances there. If, if some missed the cut and that kind of thing, but um, it's really cool. And then you can follow them legitimately every shot, shot mm. to shot, putt to putt, hole to hole, 72 holes uh, with the my group function. So um, awesome technology. What a great way to utilize technology just from a fan fandom standpoint. Right. And uh, uh, I encourage everybody to do it. They, they can log on and maybe even win a signed flag by yours truly. So another master's champion. All, all of there. Yes. Uh, I've got pretty good penmanship. So <laughs> it's legible, um, but it's pretty cool. I, I think, I think it's uh, a great way to, you know, keep the 25 year tradition of IBM and the masters going. I mean, pretty special. Yeah. I mean, the masters app is one of the, the best ones for fans, mm-hmm. you know, no you've been able to watch every shot now, which, you know, spoils us as fans, but uh, you know, part of, you know, stats and fantasy are these stats that are just so intertwined with golf now. And I know Zach, you've, you were really one of the first ones to really analyze stats to help your game. So wondering how your approach there uh, has kind of evolved over, you know, the last 10 to 15 years, uh, you know, since you've kind of been digging in there. Sure. No, yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a data junkie. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, I like to kind of, and, and I've, I've got individuals around me that help me do that. I'm not, I'm not savvy or smart enough to actually do it myself. Um, this is one, <laughs> this is one IBM Watson's their AI can really help you. But right. uh, cause I'm, I, I certainly am, I'm artificial, but I'm not that intelligent. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was terrible, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've always been one where I'm like, Hey, you know what? If I'm going to be strategic in how I pursue my game, it's my profession, it's my business. I'm strategic in those who I surround myself with. I'm strategic in, you know, when I play, why I play, where I play. I'm strategic in all of that. Um, certainly my wife has to stay in all that, but uh, why wouldn't I be strategic in how I'm going to get better, how I'm going to practice, how I'm going to be efficient, how I'm going to be effective. And when I do practice, it's, so it's transferable to the golf course. Otherwise, I don't want to say it's futile, but I don't need to go out there and just crack six irons for an hour and a half. I mean, there's right. a time to work on your fundamentals. There's a time to, you know, obviously iron out whatever it is you may be working on with your coach or coaches. But I pretty much know because of what we've done, like you mentioned, Stephen, back in the day, I know what I'm going to do, how long I'm going to do it, why I'm doing it. And, 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 and then I just, it's, it's already in place. So it's almost like a template. And um, I just kind of follow it. I trust it. You know, there may be times where I, yeah, I got to focus more on the fundamental side of putting mm-hmm. instead of giving myself 15 to 20 minutes. I might, it might be an hour just because I got to figure some things out. That's okay. But what I want to do ultimately is make sure whatever I'm doing on that practice screen, on that driving range, I can, it'll show up, you know, first hole through the 18th hole because, right. because otherwise it's, it's really not worth my time. And I've got three kids. Um, right. Clearly their time is very important. So I, I've got to be efficient and, and cracking numbers, cracking data, utilizing technology like IBM is, is essential. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it helps to, to have a team on your side to, to sure. help you do that too. Just wondering, you know, how often you guys look at those stats also, and you know, how, how often do you implement, you know, what you see into, you know, your, your true practice out there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've always kind of been a simple minded guy uh, in the sense that, you know, 
I don't need, I don't need to be inundated with a number of things when I'm trying to go out and compete. I mean, I still got to be an athlete. No, I mean, it, it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. You have all these numbers, you have all this data. It's, it's a fine line between, you know, utilizing all of that. And then obviously going out there and just see ball hit ball. Cause sometimes that's good too. Right. So, um, the numbers are being hashed out and cracked any given week, every, every week, every day, if you will, every competitive day. And mm-hmm. so, the team I have, I have a statistician that, that kind of looks at it and he, he's able to kind of filter it. And then it goes to my coaches and even, frankly, even my caddy at times. And then from there, they kind of, you know, they'll, they'll give me some insights. They'll give me some, some of the points that, you know what, this, this may be useful, maybe specifically this week, maybe specifically for the next duration of three to four weeks, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a way to have a great filtering process, but also stay in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with your, I think he's still your stats guy. I don't know. Peter Sanders, at least. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, and I know before the, uh, before the British Open in 2015, he told me that he kind of sent you a note saying, like, you're ready to go. And, and, you, yeah. and you ended up winning that yeah. week. So I yeah, wonder, yeah. heading into the Masters, is there anything specifically that you're looking at uh, in, right. the, in these last couple of weeks? Yeah, the last couple of weeks, I'm I'm swinging hard and trying to hit it 340 <laughs> air, and um, I'm still for whatever reason I've got from like 280 to 281. So <laughs> I'm still not there yet, but I'm trying. Uh, more times than not, I take the week off before the Masters. Um, obviously, it's the it's the only major championship where we play the same venue every year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I kind of feel like I know what I need to do from a prep standpoint. The facilities I have here down in St. Simons are top notch and are able to, for the most part, uh, help me pursue that. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the superintendent at, at Frederica, where I practice a lot of the time, is a former Augusta National superintendent. So, you know, they kind of know what to do and, and that sort of thing. And that's where I've been most, most of my work time this week. But I'm actually going to compete this week. I'm going to go to San Antonio. I've been there many times with mm-hmm. Valero. The course is tight. It's firm. It's fast. There's wind. There's some elevation. There's very much uneven lies. Um, so I, I think I can kind of have a taste of that. And I just want to try playing into Augusta rather than, you know, um, sometimes I get up there like on a Saturday and just or Friday or Saturday and really take my time. And I, that can work. Uh, but it just feels like Thursday can't come fast enough. So uh, this is a new strategy that my team and I decided to import. You, you joke about hitting it 340. Obviously, everybody's trying to hit it farther these days. But um, now that the Masters is back in April, do you feel a little, maybe in November, I mean, I know you made the cut, but did you feel like it was playing longer? And do you like that it's back in April now or maybe it gives you a better chance? Yeah, I, I, I prefer it in April. That being said, I, I don't know if, I mean, obviously November was an anomaly, an anomaly for a number of reasons. Right. But I think course condition was actually pretty darn good considering the elements i mean it was just a hot fall warm fall humid fall and that week was really humid it was over 80 pretty much every day right. my glass fogging up there was some wind but minimal um you know shots were very receptive on the greens etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's still great it's still the masters it's still goes to national it's still fantastic uh but i think we ideally will get a taste of what we're kind of accustomed to this april uh, or next week, um, can get firmer, can get faster, bouncier, if you will. Um, you know, I don't know if that necessarily plays into my advantage, but right. anytime where fairways are more of a premium, 
trajectory control with wind can be a premium. I think that uh, certainly lends itself more to my game than, you know, swing for the fences. Mm -hmm. And since Augusta, you know, played so differently in November, do you think it's hard because you have this bank of memories from all these masters you've played, you know, and then, you know, this kind of anomaly, like you said, um, you know, is that tough as you prepare to kind of forget some of those things a little bit and how different it was compared to a typical year? Um, I don't know, maybe, but I, I think, you know, I, like I played Augusta National uh, November and December sure. one year. So it's not like it's, I mean, the anomaly in this is the fact that I played there in November, even that like around that week and it's mm -hmm. cold. <laughs> it, right. it was, it was just a very warm, humid week mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So, um, I think we're going to get more of, you know, what we're accustomed to, you know, where the, the mornings could be upper forties, low fifties and, you know, high in the sixties to 75, you know, that's kind of what the forecast is. I mean, it, it, it could be 80. Don't get me wrong. It could be well over 80, but um i don't think we're gonna get you know we'll get different wins too throughout the week which is always a challenge and usually it just feels heavier uh than say november but um you know i've got a lot of notes written down and i, and I feel like i've got a pretty decent memory well my wife would argue that but <laughs> i kind of know what to do and 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 i just i i love the fact that it just seems like the golf season is really picking up steam next week right I obviously as a former champ there, you're going to have great memories, but I wonder before you won there, do you remember your first trip there and, and sure. you know, how, how special, what, I mean, how different of a place is Augusta national versus going anywhere else? Right. I remember when, when I turned pro and started playing some mini tour events and, you know, Nike tour or whatever it was back then, that, that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to go play, excuse me. I'm not going to go to Augusta national until I'm in the masters. Right. Mm -hmm. That was kind of thing. And I'm like, just my thing but um it was i think it was 2000 might have been 2001 i can't recall uh i used to kind of travel i've traveled with and played a lot with vaughn taylor um actually was paired with him on sunday when i won so uh, an augusta native uh still lives there and uh we were playing the mini tours back then and he rounded up some tickets on a monday practice round and i think it was either we were playing near augusta or maybe it was an off week but he kind of, he had some other, he had two tickets and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. So I'd never been and took another buddy of ours and we went and walked around and I walked it twice. I saw a few shots. I remember seeing Jose skip it on 16, that kind of thing. Not, but I don't really remember many shots. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember walking the golf course twice. And so that's when I first saw it. Now, okay. my first practice round there was in 2005 in the master's tournament week on a Tuesday which was a mistake. I should have got up there a lot earlier and made it, <laughs> made it a priority. Um, I was defending in Atlanta the week before, and I don't think we played 72 holes that week. And I know we played 36 on Monday or 27, whatever it was wow. on Monday. So I drive in Monday night and my first practice round was Tuesday morning at Augusta. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I remember Stuart, Stuart Sink, my good buddy and had a great time, but, I mean, I was a deer in the headlights and <laughs> paired with Mark O'Meara that week. And, you know, he made the cut pretty handily. Um, and I remember, I remember hitting it pretty well that week. Actually it out hit him, if that makes sense. But I think he beat me by like 12 shots, 13 shots. I mean, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm in for. 
And mm-hmm. so, wow. you know, where to, where to miss it, where not to go, where to, you know, that kind of thing. And right. really understanding the short game of Augusta national. So, um, yeah, that, that was, those are my first experiences. Well, obviously we're going to wrap up here, but, uh, you know, I just noticed you're, I see you're listed 300 to one odds. That seems a little messed up. I mean, you're, you're playing some good golf. You're top 10 at the Honda top 10 at the U S open. Uh, do you ever look at that? We no. Always, okay. <laughs> I figured. Uh, I don't. Um, but that, and that's okay. I mean, it's not like okay. I, I don't understand that stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I could probably go down there and make an argument or agree with a lot of those odds, depending upon who you're talking about. Right. Um, you know, it, it, what I do know is that I was 52nd in the world in 2007. So my, I, I would think it was over 300 to right. one and you know, so you're telling me there's a chance. Right. <laughs> exactly. Some disrespect. We, we could say that. Awesome, Zach. Awesome. Yeah, disrespect. Awesome. Well, Zach, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Well, we're going to check out the master's fancy game and uh, good luck okay. down in Augusta. Have a great, have a great year this year. Thanks fellas. All right. Thanks to Zach Johnson for joining us and guys, I mean, Steve, what a world we live in now. Uh, where, you know, a few years ago, fantasy was such this fringe thing. Now, now we're talking about gambling openly. Now the Masters itself running its own fantasy golf contest. It's crazy times. Yeah, it is. And the, the game is great. The, the prize is awesome. You know, you get yeah. all this Masters merch. It's like $2,400 worth of, you know, yeah. it's a dream. It must be, you know, priced even higher than that because all that stuff is priceless. So, um, right. but yeah, you're right. I mean, for us to be presented with the chance to talk to Zach Johnson about um, like a fantasy game is just such a weird, awesome world. And uh, you know, it's only going to keep growing because you know, that's, that's how much betting's growing. So. Yeah, it really is. And I don't think any of the packages had those cool new um, sandwich t-shirts. Oh, the shirts. Right. Those are going to be the hot seller this year. I I haven't, I haven't bought, I'm heading down there Monday. I haven't bought anything in, in a couple of years, but I might even have to get one of those shirts. I yeah. mean, they're they like collector's item and you never we know, maybe to, just be the one year they're out there or something. So. We might have to give you some money when you yeah, go right? down. I mean, we might all up. need the different, that's going to be once, a different sandwich. That's true. Once, yeah. uh, once festivals come back, music festivals, that's going to be a, a popular shirt <laughs> among the frat bros. I, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, all right. Let's get into the Valero Texas Open. Got our odds up courtesy of our friends at William Hill right here. Let's start at the top. Um, or Steve, I mean, did you want to talk about the course a little first? Yeah, a little bit. Um, okay. It's the Oaks course at TPC San Antonio. Uh, the tournament's been here since 2010. Uh, Greg Norman design uh, with Sergio Garcia, who is not in the field, um, which is a bit surprising. You wouldn't show up at your own course, but obviously he's got the masters on his mind, uh, next week. I think, you know, interesting thing to look at is the wind. Um, and actually the split, my guy, Steve, uh, Bamford, who has a podcast over in Europe pointed this out first. I think that the PM AM split, the way it looks like at least right now, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday. You got to check on Wednesday, but usually we see the inverse that the AM PM split has an advantage, but right now it looks like the winds are actually going to going to be pretty strong Thursday morning. So in a little more benign uh, Thursday afternoon. So, you know, when you're doing DFS and maybe even consider for your betting, 
Um, you might want to look at, you know, if your guy is in the um, afternoon wave on Thursday and then in the morning, Friday, it looks like a slight advantage there. Um, so we'll look at that. Um, and also interesting, he pointed out that the greens here, uh, you know, they're Bermuda grass overseeded with POA. That's a similar consistency to what we see at uh, Phoenix Waste Management and Amex. So just a little thing to look at what we typically see here is ball striking, um, kind of reign supreme. Um, you know, the past champions, Corey Connors, obviously the last time it was played, uh, Andrew Landry, who, you know, is a really good putter, not necessarily a strong ball striker, but won at Amex. Uh, so there's that correlation, Kevin Chappell, you know, great wind player and Charlie Hoffman, uh, those are your past four winners. So I've, I'm looking at ball striking strokes gain approach off the tee, uh, as the big things here. So uh, you got to avoid trouble. There's 64 bunkers on the course. And, you know, we see these tightly mown areas, uh, around the greens that, you know, try to emulate Augusta a little bit in this run up. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So let's get to the favorites here and Jordan Spieth right at the top of the list favorite kind of makes sense. He's been, he's been red hot lately. He is plus 1200 followed by Scotty Scheffler fresh off that runner up at the WGC match play plus 1600, Tony Finau uh, plus 1600 as well. Hideki Matsuyama plus 1800, Corey Connors, as we mentioned, a former winner plus 2200 and Abe answer plus 2200. That's kind of the first group at the top there. Um, you guys know how I feel about Spieth at the masters. I put that, you know, 10 bucks on him at 50 to one. I'm going to keep talking about that until he loses. Uh, but so I, I, I'm not sure about this week, but I still like him heading into next week, but has anybody taken the bite on, on Jordan? He had another pretty good week at the match play um, or, or, or Scheffler or any of these other guys. You know, at the time when you made that bet, I was not all that impressed. I thought, you know, he should still be like 80 to one, but obviously it's looking, looking better by the day for sure. Yeah. I wish I uh, wish I jumped on the bandwagon with you. It's a shame we're, we're kind of uh, going to miss out on him winning at like a really good number. Now he's going to be, this seems like the norm. He's going to be one of the favorites. And then, and then when he wins, he's going to be, you know, among the DJs and, and uh, Bryson's every week. So it kind of sucks when you miss out on, you know, the 80 to one, the 50 to one, but uh, that's a good number by you next week. I don't like anyone under 40 this week, to be honest. You know, Steve just mentioned the the past four winners. It's all guys who were, probably I would say higher than 50 to one. I don't know. Charlie Hoffman was playing pretty well that, that one year. I, I don't know uh, if he was lower than 30. Chapel but I, was the only guy. He was 33 at the time. Okay. I guess he was playing well, but your point is, is dead on. That's yeah. That's I can't, I mean, Finau as a favorite, stop it. Like I'm not betting Tony Finau at 11 to one. Only secret <laughs> not even a secret bet. Maybe if he was 20, uh, I love Abraham answer, but I'm not going to bet him 20 to one. Another guy like Tony who just, you know, kind of top tens every week. And I can't trust him 20 to one Tringali under 30 is, is, it's just absolutely absurd to me. Some of these numbers. So I, don't, I really just don't like anyone under 40. I think we'll get a guy over 40. I think we'll get a guy, you know, like a Chris Kirk is my favorite bet this week. Again, Steve mentioned all those guys. It seems like a place where it's either, you know, a breakthrough winner or a guy who hasn't won in a while, like a Hoffman and kind of gets off the schneid. And to me, that that's Kirk this week. I bet him yesterday morning before the DJ withdraw at, at uh, 4650. Right. Um, now he's down to 40 to or no, 35 on William Hill. So um, 
obviously one of the great stories in golf right now with the, his, his comeback. He's playing great golf, six out of seven cuts in 2021, second at Sony, a couple top 15s in Cali, eight at Arnold Palmer, was in the mix at the players, kind of faded on, on Sunday a little bit. Great ball striker. Steve was just saying this is a ball striking week. Chris Kirk is definitely a great ball striker. Um, University of Georgia guy. Hasn't played in the Masters in a while, 2016, I believe. So um, he wins. He's in. He's got He's got to win to get in. Obviously, I think he's outside the top 70 in the world, so he did not qualify. Um, good history at the Valero. He's got a couple eighths and a 13th and six career starts. Uh, he knows how to win. He's a four-time PJ Tour winner. Has, obviously, hasn't since 2015, I believe, Colonial. But he did just win on the Corn Ferry Tour last June. So I like Kirk. I like like him to get a you know comeback win this week and play his way in the Masters. I think that'd be a really special story. Yeah, um, I'm with you, and it's a bad sign that we're uh, incognito again. <laughs> everyone's on. Everyone's on him. Everyone's, everyone's on Kirk. Um, so it's no surprise, but for all the reasons you said, I like him. I do have to go back up to the top. Um, the number isn't great, but the first guy you asked about Myers, Jordan Spieth, mm. I think this is the week. I think this is the week he Ooh. gets his first PGA tour win, uh, in so long. That's my spicy nugget of the week. Right. This is his, what a chance. I mean, you know, Pebble was a great chance at, at a place he loves, but with this field, you know, his, his biggest contenders probably, you know, talent wise are Scheffler, who's going to be so tired. You would think after, you know, seven matches in, uh, you know, five days there, Tony Fino, um, you know, he could find all this trouble at Valero. Uh, so, you know, and Fino has a decent record here, but I think the chance is as great for speed as ever. His, his game is so complete right now. He's gained strokes on approach in 22 of his last 24 rounds. He's, you know, the best iron player seemingly for data golf, put this out. He's the best iron player in the world right now. And, you know, to think about how far he's come in the last six months is crazy. So it's, it's a bad number at 14 to one, but it's the same number he's at next week at Augusta. So, <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, when you think about it that way against right. this field, I, right. I think it could be Spieth's week. So um, that's my spicy nugget. I, right. I do like a couple of the other guys up here. At Abe Answer, he always gets my money, uh, 22 to 1. He, he's the kind of guy who's going to play well here, consistent off the tee. Um, the approach numbers haven't been so stellar uh, to where I'm like so excited to bet on him, but I don't want to miss out on his uh, first PGA Tour win either. So I'm probably going to bet him. He's 22 to 1 at William Hill. And then I think we have to give Corey Connors a little more credit at 22 to one. I mean, he's, he's first in my model this week and that even included DJ uh, before he withdrew. He's, he's first in strokes gain on par fives. You know, there's four of them this week. You got to score well on them. He's second in good drives gain third in birdies or better gain fourth in strokes gain off the tee fifth in strokes gain approach. I mean, the guy's just playing so well, you don't get excited because the name is Corey Connors, but, uh, you know, he obviously won here last time. If, if the putter just stays as decent as it's been, I think he's right up there. So 22 to one for Corey Connors. I, I can see him contending at the end of this. So I think you have to take a long, hard look at Corey Connors. And last guy I'll mention, um, and this is, you know, I told myself the same as the match play last week, I wasn't going to 
bet a lot of money. And then I did, thankfully, you know, we, we got lucky uh, getting Scheffler through to the final, but Ryan Palmer also has a really good record here. And again, with this field, like this could be a week that Ryan Palmer breaks through. He's 28 to one at William Hill, such a good win player. We're in Texas. Uh, He's got, I think three top 10 finishes in his last four times here. Um, And his game is just trending in the right direction. So uh, Palmer, I mean, these guys, you know, this isn't the most exciting event and these aren't the most exciting players. Like, you know, no one's really, you know, running to their phones to bet Ryan Palmer and Corey Connors, I'm sure. But, um, I don't know. I, I think they're decent bets. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, I know Chris mentioned it in there. I should have mentioned that right at the top. I mean, Dustin Johnson, late withdrawal, not a surprise. I think that's the second event this year. He's had a late withdrawal after, uh, you know, I mean, he's the number one player in the world. He, we're not worried about him at all, obviously, for the Masters. It's just more what he did, his withdrawal, how it affected the rest of the odds. Admittedly, I didn't look at these odds um, until after he withdrew, and they had kind of already been updated. But they, I imagine, of course, there was a huge shift. Uh, you know, he, as, as uh, Chris mentioned, Chris Kirk, for instance, going from a you know 47 to 1 to a 35 to 1. That's, that's the kind of effect that you take out a heavy favorite from the field. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what happens to it. Um, so again, yeah, let's get some of these other guys. You, you guys have touched on some of them already, but uh, uh, Ryan Palmer, 28 to one, Charlie Hoffman, 33 to one, Brendan Steele, 33 to one, Chris Kirk, who's a CP bulldog this week, uh, 35 to one, Cameron Davis, 35 to one, Tringali, 35, Siwoo Kim, 35. Uh, and then Sam Burns at 40 to one. And then our boy, Zach Johnson, 45 to one. There you go. He's coming off a top 10 at the Honda. Um, Chris already gave a little in this range, but Steve, uh, who, who else are you liking in this range? You know, the only other guys, Cam Davis, I think is interesting. He, you know, he's been uh, kind of red hot, quiet semi-recently, but still fifth in strokes gain off the tee, seventh in birdies are better. Um you know, he, he's a really good win player. We see that correlation with Aussies in Texas seems to, mm-hmm. to play out. So uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's contending and the number's okay. I think you could get him elsewhere, like 40 to one or so. Um, yeah, there's a 43 to one out there, 35 at William Hill. So that's decent. Um, but th- that's kind of it from this range compared to what, what we've talked to. What about UCP? Yeah, same thing. Forty, I bet him forty-one to one <clears throat> this morning. Cam Davis, uh, terrible week at the Players, but bounced back pretty nicely at the Honda. Gained four point three T to green, four point five on approach. Just had a crappy week chipping. Um, I don't know if this means anything, but some of these events that have had weaker fields, he's played really well in. I think right. he was fourteenth at Pebble. Uh, six in the fall at the Sanderson yeah Windy third too. at Amex third at Amex so I mean does that mean he thinks I got I got a better chance against this these fields or is it completely random I don't know but um, I'm gonna, gonna 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 go with that narrative and Steve did mention the Bermuda with the Poa overseed and said Amex was a corollary so he finished third there so yeah, I guess Cam Davis. And then um, I don't really have anyone else. I'm going to think long and hard about, and Steve and I have joked about this guy because I've bet him at some crazy numbers sometimes, but Andrew Putnam is 60 to one on William Hill. Uh, he's 80 to one elsewhere, 133rd in the world, never played in the Masters, would have to win to get in. 
He's very quietly finished seventh um, or better three times in his last six starts. That includes Arnold Palmer and I believe Honda. He loves Bermuda, favorite putting surface. He's just a great putter in general, but he really puts well on Bermuda. He had gained strokes putting in five straight events before the players. He missed the cut at the players, which, I mean, I don't really uh, put any stock into missing the cut at the player. Everyone misses the cut at the players um, sometimes. Uh, Finished eighth here in 2018. Um, haven't bet it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely talking myself into Putnam. He's going to definitely be in my DraftKings lineup. Um, I think, you know, even 60 to one on William Hill is a good number given his recent form. I, I you know, I know Steve said Ryan Palmer before, but I'd rather bet on Andrew Putnam at 60 to one than Ryan Palmer at whatever, 25 to one or 30 to one, whatever Much he is. better number. Yeah. You know, I'm a little surprised by a couple of these guys. We've, we've already mentioned one, Joel, Joel Damon coming off a win. Now, you know, admittedly, he's probably partying his ass off, but uh, <laughs> uh, 60 to one, you know, I mean, he's better than a lot of these guys. He's certainly playing better than a lot of the guys ahead of him. Maybe it's just a course matchup thing there. And then, and then Brandon Grace, who, who won the other recent opposite field event, uh, you know, and he's won, I forgot how many times we'd said nine times or something on the European tour. I mean, these are proven, you know, he's a proven winner. Um, uh, he's at 50 to one. Those, that seems a little surprising to me. And then Matt Kuchar, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're writing it off that it was match play. It was a different format, but um, he did make it to the final four there in Austin. And now he's at 50 to one as well. So I don't know. to one next week. It's, it's very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Kuchar. I had I a mean, run of, I had a run of batting Matt Kuchar at the masters for a while. I know I really he's liked him there. Like 2015, 2016. Yep. I know he's been that. bad, but. He did. I was watching his interview, whatever he won on one of the matches last week. And he said, he feels like his old self and his old self top tens every year at the Masters. Yeah, so that's definitely does. something I'm uh, intrigued by looking ahead to next well, week. And I don't well, think unless he wins, might want to bet it now in case he does play well again this week, it yeah. could, could go down to 80 or 70 to one. That's a good point. And, and, and at the hundred to one number, he's probably 10 to one to top 10. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's back to his old self, then I mean he he was top ten Matt before top ten Tony yep. came along. So uh, yeah, no, I kind of like that. I, I always loved him at Augusta. I mean because you know he's not a great driver, but he gets away with it there, and his short game is was just so good back in the day. So if he's if he's feeling it, then uh, that's definitely a sleeper uh, more more for next week. Um, all right, guys, anybody deeper? I mean, wow, we're just getting to Ricky Fowler here, so let's let's talk about him. But and, and Charlie. Uh, we meant we already passed Charlie Hoffman, but Ricky Fowler is double the odds of Charlie Hoffman. I mean, that's just like, what is going on here? I mean, one of our boys that we've had on here posted that uh, Ricky Fowler is less expensive than Grayson Sig this week. I had to look up who Grayson <laughs> Sig was. I mean, that's just mind blowing. Light up a Grayson he, Sig. I, I think he might be a dog. CP uh, Grayson Sig. Sig's um, inside. But anyway, you got Ricky Fowler um, way down here at 60 to one. I've seen him as low as 80 to one. He has to win. Yeah, he was a dog. Grayson Sig, captain the University wow. of Boston. Come on, CP. Wow. Upset that I didn't know that. Um, anyway, what do we think about Ricky? And then any other guys you like deep, deep in this range? Um, no, no go on Ricky. No yeah, go on Ricky. Same with me. And I'm, I'm surprised to hear CP say that he's the, the Ricky fan. The white yeah. um, but he's 61st in my model this week. And, you know, strokes gain approach. He's 126th uh, 
per fantasy national in the last 36 round. I mean, that's so bad. And he would be worse in my model, but he's first in stroke scanner and the green uh, in the last fifties. And that's, you know, that's not so uh, predictive, but right. You know, I think that's kind of big this week, but yeah, it's crazy. You can get, he's playing like garbage. Yeah. You can get Camilo who's, you know, just top 10 at the Honda at like 450 to one. Right. And Ricky's down at 60 to one. You can get Brandon Hagee who, top 10 at the Honda 200 to one. There's just like either burn. If you're going to bet on Ricky, the better option is to either burn your money or just bet on like a Camilo or something way down the board. It's just, it's just his name is earns him that 60 to one number or 80 to one, whatever. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's, you get that Ricky bump. So you have to figure that he's really more a hundred to one or so, and he's getting that bump. And, and again, he's got all the motivation because he needs to win to get into the Masters. Um, and it's just not happening for him. But we've been saying that for the last few months. He's got to mm-hmm. win. He's got to get into the top 50, this, that. And he just hasn't done it. Um, it it's it, it's just kind of crazy to think he's not going to be there, uh, you know, at, at the Masters. Um, all right. Any other deep, deep guys? You threw out a Camillo Vajegas. Anybody else like that or anybody else um, – yeah, that, that's down the board here. I see Sam Ryder, who had a nice event recently. Uh, Sebastian Munoz at 66. They're, they're both 66. Uh, you know, Phil Mickelson's playing this week, 70 to 1. Any, anybody crazy like that down the board? I got uh, Doug Gim is interesting to me. You could get him at uh, – he's as high as 100 to 1, uh, 80 to 1 at William Hill. He's 12th in my model, um, sixth in stroke skin approach the last 36 rounds. So, you know, we saw – him content at the players struggled on Sunday, but, um, you know, he's a Texas guy or he played golf at Texas. So, um, I think he's interesting if he gets the right, uh, T split. So if he's teeing off in the afternoon, Thursday, I think he's definitely live to win this and DraftKings very interesting, uh, 7,300 at DK. So I like him for sure. Um, I think Ryan Moore is the other guy that I like. Uh, He's been struggling a lot, but his record here is really good. Um, I think he's, yeah, he hasn't finished worse than T18 uh, in any of his four appearances here. And he finished third in 2019 and seventh in 2018. So, um, you know, I think he's a decent play, you know, a little volatile in in DraftKings maybe, but uh, maybe worth an outright bet. Um, and the last guy I'll mention is Patton Kazire, who uh, I was on a couple weeks ago and missed his first cut in like forever. Um, but, you know, that, that's not going to scare me. That was his first missed cut in 13 starts, uh, you know, three top 11 finishes in that stretch. So, you know, you could still get him. Uh, what's his number? He's 90 to one at William Hill. You could get 130 to one uh, elsewhere. So uh, I think the win equity, he's a great player in the win. Kazire, um, he's interesting to me. How about UCP? Uh, I'm thinking about going back to Harry Higgs, who had a semi-decent week at Honda. Um, maybe top 20. Same with uh, HV3, another guy we've burned a lot of money on. Uh, probably a top 20 bet too. And then uh, I haven't given a spicy nug. My, my spicy nug, I think Scotty Scheffler misses the cut. I don't even know if that's spicy, but he's plus 300 to miss the cut. Mm. You know, obviously the easy narrative to go with is that he's pretty burned out. And that that is what I'm going to go with. And uh, just 
trunk slam and get ready for Augusta. He's going to need some rest. I mean, that could be a big week for him. So um, I don't know if he wants to expend too much more energy on, on the Valero, but you know, he's the type of guy that could shoot a 63 on, on Thursday too. So um, I'll say he misses the cut at plus 300 Scotty Scheffler, but yeah, Higgs HV three. And then just one crazy deep guy that I'm pretty addicted to always have been that's Sean O'Hare at 600 to one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Um, finished second here in 2018. People forget. Wow. Um, I definitely forgot that. You're right. Yeah. I think everyone forgot that 600 to one that I had $3 like to get my account to an even number. So <laughs> I threw three, $3 on Sean O'Hare at 600 to one to win almost 2000. So that's my deep, deep sleeper, deep tracks. Wow. I won't put that in the gambling column though. Okay. Thank you. If you guys hear that, uh, shrieking in the background it wasn't me reacting to cp's deep sleeper it's my three-year-old uh, throwing a tantrum that's what i got to look to. forward to you also i just realized when i got up i was sitting on snow white here so <laughs> um you got that to look forward to as yeah. well um all right any final uh dfs angle plays here oh and and i mean i've heard some spicy things i know steve already gave his officially but uh i don't know if we have an official spicy nug from you cp yeah, Scheffler to miss the cut. Sorry, oh, you, were, okay. you might have been. I'm sorry, I heard. It, yeah, there was a tantrum going on, and I was like, <laughs> "What is going on here?" Do I? And now the other one's crying. I mean, wow. it's all happening now. At least, at least Michelle's home now, but uh, it's just never. Ends. Um, okay, I lo- I love the negative ones. That's great. Missed cut, like when when Kyle came on and and uh, took a lot of crap for saying Jordy would uh would miss the cut at the players or whatever and. I like the negative spicy nugs. That's good. Um, okay. Any DFS angles? Yeah. I love answer. I know Steve said he likes them this week. I'm not going to bet him to win, but he he's pretty much in every DraftKings lineup I make. He's cup making machine. Uh, you know, if he, the putter just gets hot, he's always in contention. Cam Davis, we mentioned he's in it. Chris Kirk, obviously I said HV three top 20. I, I do like that. Uh, I do like him for DFS as well. Putnam and Harry Higgs and, uh, yeah, I do have a couple ANA bets, you know, if we want to grow the, the women's game a little bit, but I'll let yeah, Steve do his, uh, his DFS Polaro first. Yeah, I mean, I think just recording this, I've talked myself into not making so many outright bets and because there's a lot of like mid-range guys, you know, like Ryan Palmer, 25 to 1, that I'm not so excited to bet at that number, but in DraftKings, like I might make that investment to build, you know, 10, 15 lineups with all those guys kind of in it. Um, and, and so to do that, cause I think there's those mid tier guys that I want to build lineups around, but you need some lower price guys to kind of unlock those lineups. So a couple of those guys that stand out to me, Chase Seifert has kind of been on a tear recently, quietly. Um, he's, He's been playing like a top five iron player in the world. I referenced that data golf stat before he was in that um, in that top five. He's 7,100 on DraftKings. I think, you know, you just need a, a made cut at that price. And that's that's solid. Uh, Martin Laird is also he has a great record in Texas. Um, 7,100, a really good win player. I think he's interesting. Harry Higgs, who CP mentioned, um, you know, he, he's been really good with the approach. Everything else has been a little uh, shaky, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what you're getting at that price. Um, Kevin Chapel, you know, past champion, 6,900. 
Rafael Campos, man, he almost won uh, oh, Putzikana. That was so brutal. brutal. Uh, brutal. Mid, mid fist pump and, and the ball, um, you know, came out of the cup. So uh, you can't do the early fist pump, though. You just can't do you, it. Nick you, Young. No, you can't. It's, yeah, yeah, Nick Young. The, Full the Nick Young. Yeah. That was brutal. Um, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, those those guys, Cameron Piercy, another name, 6,600. He, he's just been consistent. Good win player. Um so, so yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you look at those guys and then um, see who's kind of the least popular in the projected ownership out of, um, out of the guys that, that you like at the top end. And that, that's kind of how I'll approach it this week. I, I do have to ask you guys a March Madness question before CP gets into his A&A picks. Yeah. Um, as CP knows, I'm in first in his uh, bracket challenge right now. And there's 80 people in it. And what was it? $20 buy-in, right? Yeah. So first place yep. is what? Like 1300 bucks, something like that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm waiting, you know, people of course who don't pay until the final four are such disgusting. Scum. I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything too mean because I think my aunt is one of them and uh, <laughs> Sorry. she doesn't Sorry. have Venmo. So <laughs> I gotta go see her in person to get That's the cash. A little tough, so old, old people so old it's tough, but okay. you know, I only have 1400 of the 1600 allotted dollars right now so it's kind of i didn't want to send something out like hey this is these are the places i don't have all the money yet but i'm gonna i think it'll be 1300 steve and then uh yeah second i'll get the other 300 march madness you you can't be giving out like eight five or six places i think it's a winner take all or or first and second type of deal so you know where i stand is if michigan wins tonight that kind of screws me because my final four, I, I had Houston, I have Baylor, I have Gonzaga beating Baylor in the final, but I don't have Michigan. So people who have them will jump me, you know, I'm debating whether to put like, you know, some decent money on Michigan, knowing that if they lose, then great. I look great in powers pool, but if Michigan wins, Hey, you know, I win whatever. So the money line I think is like minus two sixty or so at William Hill do I put like 500 bucks on Michigan and just guarantee myself some money? I mean, what do you guys think? We're at that point where maybe you hedge. I'm like the King hedger. So obviously this is, uh, this is my battle here. I don't know. I don't know. It's just because you got to miss so much on that money line. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I think Michigan's very good. They'll probably win. So UCLA is nice though. That, that, they, they're playing hard. I love that freaking guy, sideshow Bob looking guy with the Tiger, Tiger Campbell, whatever his name is. Yeah. They, they some could, sneaky uh, good players. His hair I is I wish wild. I could help you, Steve, but I've seen like 20 minutes total of the tournament. And uh, I know Michigan's filthy. I, I know Gonzaga's filthy. I know you have yeah. them to win anyway, but see Michigan to me, I, I've watched a couple. Of, I, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I think UCLA yeah. plays them tough tonight. Yeah. I, we're gonna get Gonzaga Baylor. Those Baylor was, I bet Arkansas like five different ways last night. I had them a future on them. Baylor is so good. Gonzaga is unbelievable. Yeah. We were supposed to get that game in like December. No mm-hmm. one really cared then because I don't know. It was such a weird time and college basketball was seemingly uninteresting at that point, and it got canceled. And I, I think we're we're gonna get that game and it's gonna be pretty electric and. Uh, It'll be tough for Steve because, I mean, half the pool has Baylor and the other half has Gonzaga. 
Do That's I have so, uh, any chance? Man, do I have any chance? No, because no, Steve, no. Steve's better. Than I don't Steve. think so. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Well, Steve, yeah, that's a tough one. I, don't know. I hope you win. Good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the, the whole thing, the whole tournament, like even the, the games being on last night. I mean, everything's just. Oh like my god! I was thinking long. about it. Like, Saturday night, we were text or no Sunday night we were texting about. But Saturday night, I was with a bunch of buddies. We were watching the UFC fights, the games. You know, you're kind of winning and losing with your your buddies. Yeah. Last night, I'm completely alone. That is about as sad and dark as it gets when the games are like that. Because Vegas was right on it last night. I think both yeah. hit like a point from the number, a point from the over-under. And I'm living and dying in my living room, sober as a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what am I doing on a Monday night? This is a terrible way to live. I know. It, it was brutal. I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of glad about it. <laughs> um, and I'm going to do it all over again tonight. I got Gonzaga. That's right. I mean, the games are on tonight. They're on tonight. I, I mean, it's so you weird. have to bet them. You yeah. don't have to Must. bet them, but you have to bet them. Must. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you got the ANA inspiration CP. I know you wanted to yeah. throw a better two major. We got it. Well, yeah. Major. This first is first major of the year. Yeah. First major of the year. I love um cup show 66 to one. I've better a couple Wait. at a couple of these majors. I'm stunned she's 66 to one. She's 11th ranked player in the world. That's pretty crazy to me. I just finished second a few weeks ago. She's yeah. had a couple of great appearances in majors too. Yep. 66 to one. I mean, that's crazy. I, I love that uh, cup show number. And then uh, Stevie's girl, Hanaka Shibuno is down at a hundred to one. She was, you know, 54 mm. old leader at the U S open. So I, I think that's a great number that, too. That dagger. Yeah. Now I'm really <laughs> that was a dagger. my dagger. There's some there. great value out there. There's great numbers. That's, that's like, what I want to talk about. I think you yeah, can better value you, you out there really, than, yeah. than the Valero. Absolutely. Damn. I did, a, I did a DFS lineup. You can get Nelly Corda in your lineup, and then you can get Cupcho, Shibuno, Angel Yin, who's, you know, th- three for three on cuts, I believe. You can make a really good lineup in that. I mean, it's not big money because they don't have a ton of uh, participants, but uh, you can you can find some great value at this tournament for sure. Very good. Um, all right, guys. Well, it was fun. Good stuff. Uh, obviously, next week we'll – be even bigger with the masters on tap, but uh, good luck to everybody this week with the, the first major of the year in golf, uh, the Valero Texas open as well uh, and everything else going on. So thanks again for listening. Please subscribe to us. If you haven't done so already, leave us a review, whatever it all helps. Thanks to our producer, Greg Gottfried. Thanks again to Zach Johnson for joining us. And uh, yeah, check back next week for our big master show.